Welcome back, everybody. This is Eric and Chad here with iWrite Veteran 8888. Today, we've got another gun gripe episode for you. All right. This one's a bit of a doozy, and it's actually kind of odd because this is sort of a gripe that I've had for quite some time, and I just haven't gotten around to making a video about it until now. And I had an experience the other day that kind of made me think about this and reiterate it in my mind, and I thought we would talk about it. And we're going to post a question, all right? Do ammo companies engage in some minor form of gun control? All right, I'm going to post a question. And this is going to be pretty interesting. And I think you guys are going to come away. Uh, you know, Maybe you'll think the way I do after this, or maybe we'll open your mind up to this. Uh, before we get started, though, I'd like to thank our friends at RMA Body Armor. They are a great group of guys, and I really appreciate them supporting gun gripes. Uh, they make some great NIJ certified body armor, start to finish, right here in the U.S. Great prices, a really great product. They have a variety of different armor, uh, entry-level armor, all the way up through your worst threats possible. They've got armor that'll suit your needs. We've done a lot of testing on their stuff, and it's held up really, really good. Uh, if you want to support the channel, uh, definitely go check out some RMA body armor and tell them we sent you. Uh, so let's get into this a little bit. So <laughs> You've been bottling this up for quite a while, haven't you? Well, no, but I, I think that... For me, it, it's it's just sort of a, a strange, illogical sort of thing that I see when it comes mm -hmm. to ammo, all right? And you see these, like, law enforcement SKUs, okay? Mm -hmm. It's very weird, all right? And it doesn't matter. And, and look, we're not picking on any one ammo company, right? Every single ammunition company has these law enforcement SKUs. Like, mm -hmm. and, and for instance, here, we got some Winchester Ranger, which is like the old black T. They call it the T-Series. That's kind of a throwback to the black T, which is a great round. You know, I, I love this ammo, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Federal has their HST. Hornady has their critical duty, critical defense. Um, so Spear has their law enforcement uh, gold dot uh, rounds, which are exceptional. And we've used a variety of these different carry rounds in many of our videos. And, uh, of course, we love showcasing carry guns and using a lot of this ammunition in our videos to showcase these guns, uh, you know, using carry ammunition, things like that. But it's kind of weird because, you know, if Joe Blow civilian goes into a gun store, he's going to pay 30 or 40 bucks for 20 rounds of carry ammo. Mm -hmm. And I just happen to have a box of Winchester PDX right here. And, uh, well, not a full box, but anyway, um, let's just say for anecdotal purposes here that these, these rounds are the same. They're not, but let's just mm -hmm. say they were. All right. They want to charge you 40 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever for this 20 round box of ammo, but the law enforcement skew, you can buy 50 rounds for about the same price. So why is it that, okay, you go in a gun store and these, these rounds are on the shelf and you go, well, I want to pay 40 bucks and get 50 rounds of carry ammo. Or mm -hmm. even if it was 50 bucks, a dollar a shot, at least for the convenience of not having to buy multiple small boxes. Why can't I buy the 50-round box for the same money? So you mean to tell me that if I pay $38 for this box of ammo, that I'm giving uh, a policeman 30 free rounds mm -hmm. <laughs> of ammunition? How does that work? How, how does 20 rounds of ammunition cost the same as 50 rounds of ammunition? It's strange. And what's weird is you go online, and let's say you want to place an order or buy some ammo. These, these websites will go, oh, well, you have to present law enforcement credentials to buy the 50-round box mm -hmm. of ammo, which is, is strange, but not, but, then, the but not all the time. But that's the thing. It's inconsistent. I can go into some random gun shop, and they have this stuff on the shelf, and they don't give two craps. They'll sell it to whoever wants to buy it. And yeah, you can buy it for the same price. It's not like it's a big deal. 
But it just seems like there's this crazy inconsistency. Mm-hmm. There it is. Uh, you know, what kills me is I, I bought a lot of bulk ammo online, and the most recent like bulk purchase I made was Federal White Box LE 9mm in 147 grain. Mm-hmm. And compared to just off-the-shelf, like, say, a normal box of 20 rounds of HST, okay, it's not sealed. The primer isn't sealed, and you know the the neck of the cartridge isn't sealed either. All right. Now on the LE stuff, the primer and the neck of the cartridge are sealed. All right, against um, you know moisture intrusion that sort of thing uh, to extend the shelf life of the ammunition. And uh, that 147 grain stuff is so freaking consistent. It's not even funny. And it was very inexpensive at the time before all this craziness hit. This was like maybe. Two years ago, just before you know coronavirus and all that happy crap, right? Uh, it was like three hundred and some change for a thousand rounds, right? Of this awesome hollow point carry ammunition, and it was just jacket of hollow point. It wasn't a hydroshock. It wasn't an HST. That sort of thing, um, but just a great value on some good quality ammunition from Federal, just a stash, right? But the fifty round boxes of HST. We have used those in so many countless videos. And at one point, you could buy a 50-round box of HST for like $25. 147 grain, 9 millimeter, 25 bucks a box. Great and ammo. It is, I love it. But Federal, at one point, put a stop to that. Okay, They stopped selling those boxes of ammunition to normal civilians, right? Because they weren't and, selling these. Yes. All right. So... Literally, like the the bo- fifty round boxes of HST and the fifty round boxes of HST that, or uh, the twenty round boxes of HST that come in the little plastic, um, you know, the little plastic box. You know, this really difficult to open unless you follow the instructions, right? Um, Chinese finger trap box, <laughs> dude. But like, literally, you're paying twice per twice the the money per round of ammo, and you compare the two, you shoot them, and they're exactly the same, and it is just kind of like, it's like, is it a marketing ploy? Is it, you know, that all right, the ammunition manufacturers are uh, looking to help out law enforcement and, and keep that cost down because they're public defenders or whatever the case might be? Wh- what is it? Uh, and also, all right. right. But why is there a distinction between a civilian being able to buy a 50-round box of yes. this ammo, regardless of the cost? Let's yes. just say the cost is irrelevant. Yes. Say that they charge $59 for this box instead of... $35 for this box. That doesn't mean that I wouldn't pay $59 for this box. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to be inconvenienced to have to buy a bazillion 20-round yes. boxes to fill up all my mags when yes. I can just buy a few of these. Yeah. All right. But you're going to pay more for these than you will for, for this. Right. All right. Aside from the cost, some of this ammo, all right, does the LE stuff perform better? Is this a, a better lot of ammo than what a civilian could purchase? <clears throat> also, why are these boxes on the shelf in, in stores for LE only? Do the law enforcement agencies not have procurement people who procure ammunition for the department for use in the duty guns? Is this ammunition for LE to just purchase off-duty? I mean, what is it? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, why, it, yeah. It, <clears throat> so if it's a law enforcement skew and it's only meant for law enforcement, then why do the gun stores even stock it? If you walk up to the to the shelf and you want to buy it and they don't even let you buy it, why, why is it even on the shelf? You know, so can they not just handle that through procurement through the department? Uh, Could I an mean, individual just, officer not just say, yeah, sign me up for, I want 500 rounds for my own personal use and here, I'll 
Slide well, on card. Know, look, hey, I don't just, know. I don't know how that works. A disclaimer. But, I don't know how that works. I've right. never been in law enforcement. I don't know how procurement works, but it seems like okay, you go into you go into work and you get your you know, you usually have your duty weapon, but if you need to plus up on ammo, you just go into the back room where they store right. the ammunition and you plus up on the ammunition you need to do your job. Look. Right. I mean, I, I'm just making an assumption. Okay. <laughs> Every cop I know. Okay, and, and I don't mean to be telling tales out of school. Oh boy! All right now, I know there's going to be some law enforcement glaring at the screen today. This is the bottom line. There's going to be some mad police chiefs after this video. Look, all the people I know, they're in law enforcement. Oh boy! All right, look, but you got to think about who I am, like, and who I know. Right? All the people I know are pro gun people. So, like, a lot of the cops that I know that are friends of mine are pro gun dudes, and they shoot, and they, you know, enjoy the Second Amendment, and they they don't just look at qualification as this, you know. Um, let's just say inconvenient thing they have to go do every couple of years to qualify on a weapon to you know keep their their post certification or whatever. No, they go out and they train and they actively try to be better as shooters, right? Because let's face it, carrying a firearm as a law enforcement officer is part of your job, right? If a surgeon's scalpel is the tool of his trade, well then a firearm at least must be one of the judos that we have available as a law enforcement officer, right? Your verbal judo is the first weapon. But then if that doesn't work, well, then obviously you have the backup plan and a backup plan. And there's always a, a contingency, right? A, a, you know, a backup. The point is, a lot of the guys that I know that are law enforcement, they're like, yeah, Eric, you just walk back into the uh, of the armory. And because of all the other cops that are no shooting, you know what, right? They don't actively go out and train and shoot. It's like there's so much ammo. You could just go get whatever you want anyway. As much as you want. Like, one of the guys that I know, I'm not going to, I dare not say, I dare not say his name, where he works, not even the state that he works in. But one of the guys that I know, he goes in there every week and loads down on as much ammo as he can carry off. And you know what the guy in the armory says? No one else is shooting it. So here's the thing, right? So you go in, like, and again, I'm not going to call out the shop. Uh, by name that I'm talking about, but I went in the shop the other day to get some guns, and lo and behold, lo and behold, you look back past the counter, piles of 50-round boxes of law enforcement ammunition. Here we are sitting on a time when ammo is really hard to get for a lot of people, and there's piles of it. So why is there piles of it? All right, well, for one, you only sell it to law enforcement. So there's a, in case y'all ain't been able to tell, okay, there's a reason that there's a pile of that ammo in there. Because the law enforcement don't need to freaking buy it. They can go take it out of the dang armory for free. So why are they going to come in and buy your law enforcement SKU when they can just get it for free from the taxpayers? I'm not saying, I'm not getting into the minutia of whether that's right or wrong or whether or not the policemen need to be armed and have the tools that they need to do their job. I'm simply saying that from a capitalism standpoint, why not sell that ammo to whoever's willing to buy it, right? Like, why does it matter who buys it if you have it on the shelf and it's for sale, right? And you oh. know the policemen aren't buying it because it's piled up this high. It's it's up to the rafters because the police aren't buying it. So mm-hmm. regardless of the price, okay, if this ammo was $35 for a box of 50 right, mm-hmm. the price is simply irrelevant when the people you're catering to with that 50 rounds mm-hmm don't need to buy it anyway. They're getting it for free. So what's the point? All right. Why? What is the point of this? Charge more, even if you have to, for this so we don't have to deal with this crap. 
No, who's going to use 20 rounds of ammo? Think about it. You're going to fill up one magazine and have a handful of rounds left over? It, it just doesn't make sense. Or if you need to top off your PCC magazine, all right? I'm going to fill up a 33-round Glock magazine. I have to buy two of these boxes. And I get 40 rounds, so I'm off count. I've got seven rounds left over. What am I going to do no, with no, that? No, look, look, look. All right, two things. All right. <laughs> what? Look. It just doesn't make sense. Two, two things. All right. Those seven rounds, what you do is you keep those to the side, and then every month you take that top round off your magazine because it's gotten all ugly from checking you know, the chamber and things like that, and you replace that top round. You ain't got to worry about cycling through all that ammunition, cycling it out of that magazine, putting that nasty round on the bottom, and then putting your fresh rounds back on top. You just keep them to the side, and you just throw that one away. Right. Just, all right. Now look, the I other just thing. can't understand right. it. It just doesn't make is, sense to me. All right. Now, this is going to ruffle some feathers too, but... Look, we've talked about stuff like this in the past, and I hate to even say it, but it's it's the sad truth of the matter. All right. Are gun companies mildly anti-gun? Are they anti-civilian, you know, uh, anti-civilians being on level footing with law enforcement, for I example? I suppose that is the ultimate all question right. we're posing. All right. Because, all right, if, if this ammunition, say, just theoretically, okay, just hypothetically speaking here, this ammunition performs much better. You can purchase it cheaper in larger quantities, all right, to be able to stockpile a larger amount for rainy days, all right? Well, if this is, this is good performing ammo, but is it subpar to the LE stuff, you know, in performance? Because no, we can't verify that. Yeah, I'm no, just, this is, this is all like hypothetical. Conjecture, yeah. This yeah. is all conjecture. It's just, yeah. um, But all right, so clear, not yeah. to say that the PDX isn't a good round, you know, or some of the Hornady type offerings and things like that, like the critical duty and stuff, but are these rounds like a subpar lot to what you can purchase as a law enforcement officer, or whatever the case might be. And, you know, does this give an unfair advantage over what a civilian can get? You know? Well, one uh, could uh, offer, one, one, one could also little, argue, just saying, just one saying. could argue that maybe because this, this ammo for being a larger quantity for a similar price to this, one could even argue that because it's intended for, let's just say, either government contracts, mm -hmm. all right, maybe bulk purchases from uh, law enforcement agencies, maybe this is their seconds. And they just maybe. go, well, we'll just bulk pack it and, and send it out to law enforcement agencies. Maybe. So, look, <clears throat> we don't want to tell tales out of school. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is the optics of the situation mm -hmm. just are really awful. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at... I mean, like this, for instance, this stuff here, you know, the federal law enforcement buckshot ammunition with the flight control, uh, flight control, what? This Arguably. Buck, this buckshot is by far the best buckshot that you can get. Absolutely. It is the best. Like, we've tested a ton of it. Nothing patterns better than federal flight control. Like, I love this ammo. My favorite buckshot round is this stuff, and my favorite slug round are the Berniki Black Magics which unfortunately right now are very, very difficult shotgun slugs to get. But those are my chosen slugs and buckshot rounds for shotguns. I can walk into any gun store anywhere in the United States that has these in stock, and I can buy as many of them as they'll let me buy, and it's no big deal. So this says law enforcement on the box, and they'll sell you as much of this as you want. This stuff isn't necessarily that hard to get. But this law enforcement skew we can buy by the case... This law enforcement skew, some places will give you a hard time about, especially online. Mm -hmm. Like, if you go to order ammo online, I know you've seen it a million times, where, you know, you'll go to put a 50-round box of this stuff in your cart, and it'll say, you must present law enforcement credentials to purchase this ammo. Why? I mean, it's just, it's dumb. 
It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just maybe <laughs> someone can make me understand it, but it has the appearance, if you will, that they want law enforcement to be more well armed than the civilians. That's the the way I would read into that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And whether or not that's true is irrelevant. Perhaps maybe it's just that they're trying to extend a better price to law enforcement so that they can save some money or whatever. Or maybe it's because it's a department-only skew that they generally only sell to departments. Who knows? But the fact is, it's just, it's crappy when you got to go in and look at ammo on the shelf and you see all that ammo that you'd love to buy. And you know the reason that the cops aren't buying it is because they're just getting it from the armory for free anyway. Um, it, it may very well just be an unintended consequence of, you know, the policies of a given company okay they all do it though but they all do it um, right. now this extends past ammunition as well there are law enforcement skews out there for multiple firearms and we've seen inconsistencies in that realm as well you go into certain shops and they have law enforcement skews on the rack some of them may be domestically produced firearms some of them may be imported firearms that have to comply with 922r 922r is just basically rules that govern the configuration of firearms that are imported into the United States. For example, shotguns. A shotgun that's imported into the United States cannot hold more than five rounds of ammunition. So you'll commonly see nice like semi-auto shotguns having a short magazine tube or like a fake extension like you see on like the Benelli M4s and things like that, just for example. But you walk into a shop and they've got a law enforcement, say, M4, on the shelf with a full magazine tube with the collapsible stock, and it says LE only. Now, 922R comes into play in that situation, and some shops won't sell it to a civilian. Other places will. So is it a shop No rhyme or reason. Yeah, is it a, is it a policy for that given uh, you know retailer and that FFL holder? Or is it a company policy from Benelli? Uh, it, is it something that they're following under U.S. code? Like, there's no rhyme or reason to it, and there's no consistency whatsoever. It's just kind of like hit or miss. And you can talk to 10 different people, and you could very well get 10 different answers to the same question. And what's crazy about it, in addition, is that the neutered shotgun in question, let's say a neutered M4 with the swage tube and the you know fixed stock, which is not a bad shotgun, mm-hmm. of course, uh, cost the same as the correct configuration mm-hmm. Law enforcement model has a collapsible stock and mm-hmm. the proper tube and everything like that. Now, if you bought a standard civilian M4 and you wanted to bring it up to full specs, you got to buy this American-made trigger pack, American-made this, American-made mm-hmm. that. And by the time you source all of that stuff, which on the second-hand market is extremely difficult Highly to do. expensive. And you ha- yeah. it has to be U.S.-made yeah. because of 922R compliance. By the time you go through all that process, you're going to have probably a thousand more dollars in that shotgun than mm-hmm. what the law enforcement skew guy yep. could just go in and buy it for. So yep. it's just strange. You know, it it's really weird and to me. Now whether that is just a you know just a formality that has to be you know put out there because of the 922R reason, mm-hmm. which is probably part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have talked to various manufacturers, I've talked to various retailers, and they all tell me a little bit of something mm-hmm. different. You know, everybody has slightly different policies. I mean there's been times when I've walked into a shop and it's like, oh, cool, you know, H2O M4. Bam, law enforcement. Woo, look at that bad boy. How much is it? $18.99, sold. Mm-hmm. And it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. All right. 
Now, but some don't. It's just strange. It's like there's no consistency. Now, look, the secondhand market, all right, an LE gun might show up on Gunbroker, for example, or anywhere else where, you know, a normal Joe Blow can go and purchase firearms legally on the private market, correctly or correct. Or you might walk into a pawn shop or something and they've got an old, you know, LE import, uh, like M3 or something like that, like an old HK mark, like what I have. That thing was sitting on the shelf, and I had no problems purchasing that firearm, even though it is technically a law enforcement configuration that was imported back in the 90s. They don't bat an eye at it. You know, so what is it? I mean, where's the consistency? I mean, if they're that adamant about it, then the police departments need to have an FFL or something, right? And then they just need to send them straight to the police departments and never even put them out there for the civilians to even see them at all. This isn't about whether or not I think that police should have certain guns or that civilians should have certain guns. This isn't about what I feel you know, a civilian should or shouldn't have or a policeman should or shouldn't have. I think that all civilians should have access to the exact same uh, firearms that the police and military have, right? So that's where this comes down to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, basically, you look at the the British, for instance. This is a really, really good example. The in British, fact. you know, look at the Royal Arsenal in Nepal. Mm-hmm. All right, now this is way this is <laughs> way in left Whoa. field, but it is a valid thing, right? You look at all, and you know, during the you know the heyday of the British Empire, and you look at their territories and things. You look at Nepal, right? Nepal was you know, under the British Empire and everything, mm-hmm. and you always notice that the locals would always have one technology level lower than whatever the British military had. Not and only whenever the British military upgraded, then the British military would send their outdated or, you know, at least older or outdated firearms to their colonies, okay? So you almost get that kind of vibe, right? So you lowly civilian, you aren't good enough to have the same thing that the, that the military or police have. You can't have as much ammo as us. You can't have the same gun configuration. You can't have the gun that holds seven rounds instead of five because you're below us. You have to. We have to outgun you. That's mm. what I'm getting at. Is it's it just seems a little counterintuitive. Where many police officers now, a lot of places you wind up going. Yeah, there's a lot of cops that are extremely anti-gun, especially in the inner cities. Mm-hmm. And if they had their choice, you wouldn't be armed at all. They'd be the only people with guns. But not quite so black and white. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of situations where there are many policemen that are super pro-gun, like here in rural areas in Georgia, like where I'm at, our local sheriff, he's a really good dude. He's totally 100% pro-2A. He's all about it. He wants everyone to be armed and protect themselves, and he understands the force multiplication that comes along with an armed populace. He understands that if something dire goes on, something terrible, that you need more armed people out there than less. He understands that importance of the Second Amendment. And our county's actually Second Amendment Sanctuary, which is cool. And our sheriff is a very honorable and good guy. Not every law enforcement situation is the same. That's one of the strange things about it. It's almost this sort of cult following that certain law enforcement agencies will have with certain views based on where they are. The more rural the police department, the more cool they are with whatever you have. You could even be riding around with, a, let's just say, a, an SBR that's not registered. Mm. And they're not going to give two craps because they just don't care because they they want you to have the same thing they have because they know that you being armed, that you're going to protect, you know, everyone equally if there's ever some kerfuffle. 
But the inner cities, completely different political environment, a social political environment that doesn't support uh, firearms ownership. So you have to ask yourself from a company standpoint, it's like, you know, you either want to sell guns to civilians or you don't. Like, don't do it halfway. Like, if a gun comes in a certain configuration, just freaking sell it. You know, why Why the dumbed-down configuration? Mm-hmm. Why less ammo for the same money? It just seems a little... It just seems a little statist. Counterintuitive and statist. To me. Um, it reminds me of, like, the time during the crime bill, all right? The 1994 to 2004, uh, the assault weapons ban, okay? Yeah. Early um, only magazines. So, yeah, so uh, thirty round mags were LE only. Okay, they had to be marked as such if they were newly manufactured. As a civilian, you couldn't purchase anything over like a ten round magazine back in those days. Uh, and then you also had to buy neutered guns. Okay, that had muzzle brakes pinned on. Uh, they couldn't have collapsible stocks. They couldn't have certain features that you know made the guns more deadly. Per the assault weapons ban, right? But they can um, have them. But you could buy you. <laughs> you could buy an LE gun that looked just like a normal Colt M4, right? Flash hider, collapsible stock, whole nine yards. Right. All right. Bayonet lug. Oh, oh my God. Oh, bayonet lug. Oh, the evil, the evil. Um, yeah, because you know those serial bayonettings that happen yes. all the time. But all right. So you mentioned something about um, why not? Why, why don't FFLs or uh, uh, police departments just have their own FFL? Well, little little Some trivia do. for you. Some do, but a little trivia for you. All right. And just for example, Washington, D.C., you talked about big cities and things. All right. Yeah, I know. Washington, D.C., <laughs> there was one FFL holder in Washington, D.C. that handled all the firearms transfers for the entire district, okay? Including for the police. At one point, he retired. All right. So, like in D.C., you'd have to go, you know, after, after Heller and everything, after the win with Heller, you'd have to go to the police department to file paperwork to get a carry permit and everything, and then you'd have to go to the FFL to pick up your your gun and all that kind of happy stuff, right? The man retired. So there was no FFL holder in Washington, D.C. There was nowhere for the police to transfer the guns that they needed, okay? So the police department had to get their own FFL. So now, if you are a resident of D.C., and I think this is still the case, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know of another FFL that's come up in D.C., uh, but you have to go to the police department to not only you know, <laughs> try to get your damn permit. Also, uh, they do have like a registration scheme there, I believe. And, you know, you have to purchase your gun from the police as well. So they are all three, you know, in one place, which is just totally insane. But, you know, uh, Eric, like Eric, Eric made some great points. And it's just, it, it's really all about the inconsistency of this whole topic. You know, it's nothing's just black and white. It's not like, okay, well, this is an LA gun. We can't sell it to civilians, right. but people do sell it to civilians. I, you can buy listen, this ammunition, you know? <laughs> I just I just want this to, to be known, right? Like, I want law enforcement to have the absolute best tools at their disposal that they deem appropriate to do their job at the best of their capability. I want that. I want them to have whatever tools they deem necessary to do their job. But I also want the tools that I need to protect myself because you're 10 or 15 minutes away and I'm 10 or 15 seconds away from danger. Well, look, hey, right? hey, hey. So I need to deal with the threat immediately, right? So if it's good enough for you to protect your people with, it should be good enough for me to protect my family with too, right? It ain't up to anybody to decide what tools 
I choose to have at my disposal to protect my family and my country and my my community. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. And if I choose mm-hmm. to have 50 rounds of carry ammunition instead of 20 rounds of carry ammunition, it should be my prerogative to purchase this box at any local shop I want mm-hmm. and it not matter. Because I don't need 20 rounds of freaking carry ammo. I need 200 rounds of carry ammo. I don't want to buy 10 of these. I want to buy... Four of these. Some of those boxes, you'll be dead before you get the thing open. Uh, look, hey, exactly. We- <laughs> it's like a childproof lock on a box. Hey, you want to? Can we go down MRAP Depot? You know, as well, because I mean, look, if we're if we're talking about civilians being armed, just like the militarized police are in some places, we need an MRAP. We yeah. need to go down to MRAP Depot. You know, and I mean, come on, let's go. Well, look, what else we can do? Bubble. So here we, we can go. actually. All right. So <laughs> this is a breaching pin. All right. Let's just show you this real quick. Now mm-hmm. this isn't related to this video, but heck, why not? <laughs> so we're going to be doing a video on this thing real quick. Shameless plug. Shameless, Shameless plug. plug. So this is a special magnesium match. All right. Mm-hmm. And you strike it right here. And what happens is you take this thing, you put it in here like this. So that gives you some standoff. So you're not close to it. This is a thermite rod. Okay. You strike this here and you light it. And this thermite, it requires magnesium to light it. You have to have a really, really hot flame to light thermite. And this is essentially a thermite stick. This is a breaching pin. So I can actually cut through locks. I can cut through door locks. I can cut through chains. And it gives me a pretty good burn time. And let's say if I'm cutting through something and I can't get through the uh, door to breach the door, I can actually grab another one and light it with it. And then, bam, I can just keep the fire going. And in very short order, cut through up to and including grade 70 transport chain. And, uh, yeah, and I have these. And, 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 and does it matter why I have them? No, it doesn't. Uh, you know, I might have to cut open a door or cut a fence or cut a chain. Mm-hmm. Right. Or save someone in a vehicle or cut open a, you know, there's no telling what I might have to do. But it's my prerogative if I wish to have this stuff is up to me as to whether or not I want to have it. It is irrelevant when anybody thinks whether or not I need a breaching pin to cut open grade 70 transport chain. But the fact of the matter is I have it and it doesn't matter. I just want it. It doesn't matter. I don't have to have a reason. <laughs> just like I don't have to have a reason to want this 50-round box of carry ammo. Maybe I just go through a lot of carry ammo. And like, Maybe I carry a lot of ammo. Maybe my ra- my mags hold a lot of, of, of ammo. Like, what does it matter? It doesn't matter one why of, I want it. <laughs> one of the other points I want to make is like this Ranger T. All right. Great ammo, by the way. Oh, excellent ammunition. But, so, Black Talon got banned, right? So, what did they do? Changed the name, marketed to something different. Clever it's, girl. Look, it's it's the same ammunition. It's the same round. You know, um, I love this stuff. By but the way, like, there's always some workaround, right? But it, it right it would be beneficial. Like, you know, if if a company is going to sell fifty round boxes of ammunition, make it available to everybody. If it's an LE, or if it's an LE skew, whatever, make it available to everybody. Quit making this all together. And just only sell it like this. That'd be the way to get around it. Yep. Just quit this. Anyways. This just has the appearance of being disingenuous to me. I don't know. Maybe a little bit. I mean, we've all been there. I don't know. And, and maybe I'm just out of touch with what people want on a regular basis. But to me, like, all right, if you have a carry gun and three mags, what are you going to do with 20 rounds of ammo? 
Well, first thing you're going to do is you're going to burn it up on the range, just, you know, dialing in your sights and everything. And then you're going to have to have more. So, I mean, like a common, a common number for people to, you know, have as far as ammunition is concerned, just to go and test out a new gun is to run at least a hundred rounds through it. Minimum a hundred rounds. So you got to buy five boxes of this at upwards of 30, 40 bucks a box. Yeah. If not more than that. Just to go out and train and test it and make sure it's going to work in your gun. And then you got to top your mags off. I mean, you got to buy five or six more boxes. Also, considering the gun control debate, you know, uh, just as a whole, even minor as it is in this video, um, this can disenfranchise people from getting the training that they really need and testing their gun with the ammunition that they're going to be carrying. A lot of people will go and they'll buy 50 rounds of full metal jacket ammunition like this blazer here. And even in even in good times, this was still something that people would do. You'd buy the cheaper ammunition of maybe the same brand that you were going to try to carry, and you would train with this and then just load up your magazines with your defensive ammunition and never even shoot it because it's so ungodly expensive and people didn't want to get rid of it and burn it up anyways real quick go ahead and i'll just yeah, mention we're done. all right I'm before done. before yeah. we before we wrap up i just want to mention that if you're going to get a carry gun and let's just say you settle on a certain round that you want to carry and you carry gun you know a defensive uh cartridge of a certain brand or whoever i mean i recommend hst i really like the federal offerings i'm a big fan of the uh, 124 grain plus p in their nine millimeter mm-hmm. also the standard pressure 147 is really good shooting yeah. stuff clean powders, low flash, mm. you know, I love that ammo. I, I cannot say good enough good things about it. Mm-hmm. Like I love federal stuff a lot and, uh, and everything like that. But what I would say is whatever round you're going to choose, no matter what it is, bite the bullet and buy enough of it where you can test it in your carry gun and make sure it's going to work. Right. Mm-hmm. Every gun is a little bit of a tiny individual whereby, okay, some gun designs, like let's say you take a Glock 19. Okay, I think we can all agree that if you drop anything that says 9mm on it and a Glock 19, it's probably going to work just fine. But each gun should be treated as an individual. Never trust your life to a round that you haven't vetted in your carry gun at least, at least 50 rounds through multiple mags. Every mag you're going to carry. Make sure it feeds, functions, works through every single mag with that type of ammo preferably a couple of different times. Like, Mm -hmm. run two or three mags of all your mags and run them through there with that ammo. Make sure you can vet it. Make sure it shoots to point of aim. Make sure it's accurate. Mm -hmm. Make sure there's no accuracy anomalies. Make sure it doesn't jam or, you know, cause an issue. Some of your hollow point offerings have, you know, kind of a a unique shape to them. Like, the ogive of the bullet can be a little bit different. Um, The shape of the cavity on the hollow point can be a little bit different. The construction of uh, the particular projectile can be a little bit different. Um, Federal put out a round called the Guard Dog, and that particular round actually just has a normal ball shape to it, but when it expands, it pushes out as a pre-preferated jacket that actually kind of smushes the projectile, and and it smushes this um, uh, essentially like a polymer material, like a rubber slash polymer material, and it expands by just smushing against the target, which is really cool. So it feeds like ball, but it expands in a way that a hollow point would. So there are some workarounds, but anything you're going to carry, make sure you vet it, right? Outside of the vein of this video, um, always, if you're going to trust your life to a certain firearm, you want to have the confidence to know that the round you're choosing is going to work with 100% reliability through whatever you're going to put it through. So... Mm-hmm. Anyway, and again, I feel like I want to reiterate because I, I know there's so many people out there 
that sometimes take what I say the wrong way. This video is not meant to be anti-cop or back the blue. This video is not meant to be anti-civilian firearms ownership or anti-civil or anti-civilians having 50 round boxes. I'm saying I want everyone to be toe to toe, right? I want everyone to have equal opportunity to protect themselves from those that would harm them. And that means law enforcement and civilians, okay? I don't want law enforcement to have some dumbed down version of whatever, just like I don't want uh, civilians to have a dumbed down version of, of whatever widget you may say. So it's just a, a little minor observation that, I, that I've made over the years, and I just wanted to get it off my chest. So maybe you guys can understand where we're coming from. So now that it's <laughs> off your chest, I'll never hear about it again, right? Well, uh, I don't, don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But um, guys, thanks for watching today's video. We hope you understand that we're we're trying to be fair and we're trying mm -hmm. to, you know, put things out in a manner that that we feel is uh, concise and uh, and and we like to scrutinize. I think it's important mm -hmm. to scrutinize what's going on because you know maybe these firearms manufacturers didn't know that civilians want to buy this, right? Like. There is a market for this. Mm. There is a market for this more than this. Okay. Just putting that out there. Regardless of the price, it doesn't matter what this costs. We want to buy it like this, not like this. And I just want to make sure that people, the companies realize that we want this, not this. You want which one again? We want this. Uh, okay. Not this. I we, want, we want more of the boomy things, <laughs> not less. I wasn't sure. This is okay. less bullets. We don't want less bullets. We want more bullets. Hey, man. This is more. We want more. We're Americans. We want more. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Have a, have a good day. More. We want more. Like, but sir, Messiah. <laughs> there's no more. Messiah. But the... There's no ammunition left. Well, get Bring more. <laughs> All right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. guys, All right, Robert <laughs> Baratheon. He was he was a bit of a bit of a chode, wasn't he? <laughs> Lancel, Lancel. <laughs> we won't talk about Lancel's mother, will we? <laughs> no. That's a story for another day. All right. Oh anyway. All right. You guys have a good day. Thank you so much for watching. And look, we're just we're trying to be fair here. Um. Big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. Thank you for supporting what we do. Also, we got some great man cans for sale over on the website. Um, that's a monthly subscription box that we sell. Um, I don't know which one is up for sale at the moment. I, I don't know if we even have one up, but check it out. Um, yeah, the really cool boxes with merch we put together just for you guys. Also, go over to Ballistic Inc. and pick yourself up a snazzy t-shirt. All of those funds that we earn go right back into supporting the channel and putting these types of videos together. So we hope that you enjoyed it. We have many more videos on the way. We'll see you soon. See you guys.